0: Welcome back for another week of the Go Deep Podcast. It is I, Eric, your local host. I don't know why I didn't do the last week. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I always forget to do this, but you can find me on all my socials at the Eric Mirrors. Um, I'm going to toss it over to the man that we missed last
1: week, but who is now back,
0: Lauren. Hey
1: guys, missed you guys, missed you guys. Glad to be back. Happy to be back. I'm Lauren. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football team fan, Wizards fan, pretty much anything DC sports related, but now I'm gonna toss it over to AJ.
2: Hey guys, AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, I am a Washington football team fan, a Washington basketball fan of uh, both WNBA and NBA varieties, as well as hockey, uh, the one sport uh, to which there's an exception is, of course, my beloved Baltimore Orioles. You can find me on socials at Dinadan Jets. Uh, welcome, gentlemen.
0: Welcome, indeed. Uh, just as always, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, I think I might have forgotten to say this last week, but please do us a favor, give us a rating. Only Apple Podcast listeners, because every other platform decided not to let you guys roast us. We're <laughs> appreciative. <laughs> All right. Well, coming into this week, we've got, uh, we got a good week of sports in. Um, to start everything off, I believe AJ told me that the NHL is back. The NHL is uh, back. You, yep. had, you had an update about the, the OV goal situation, I believe? Yes.
2: Uh, last week, Alexander Ovechkin became the NHL's all-time. Not just, like, this season, guys. Like, I'm talking about for however many years they've had, they've been playing hockey. The all-time leading uh, goal scorer for power, point, uh, power play situations. Now, if you don't watch hockey, a power play is what happens when uh, one player commits a foul. And that foul uh, requires a punishment of being put in the penalty box, which means you can't, you're can not you not on the ice for that period of time. Alex Ovechkin has scored more goals in, in those situations when, when their opponent has been penalized by having a, a player off the ice uh, in the penalty box than any other player uh, in history. Uh, so shout out to Ovi. Uh, great job. That's one more milestone. He's ticked off um, to prove that he's one of the all-time greatest NHL players of all time. Uh, I don't know why I said that twice, but whatever. Uh you can say it twice because it's it means that much. Uh and yeah, you gotta,
0: so he's you gotta drill that home.
2: Yeah, man, all time, all time. Uh but and he's still in pursuit of the um uh the all-time score like scoring period uh that, that's currently held by Wayne Gretzky. He's got a good shot at doing it. The night that he broke the record uh for power play goals, he actually scored two goals that night. Uh, so he's still on track. He's still got a shot to do it this season. Um it's gonna be tough, obviously, but we're we're paying attention, we're watching for that. Um, other short update just about the NHL in general they are uh, they had been off on hiatus for two weeks to try and, um, tamp down COVID that seems to have been pretty effective. Um, I haven't heard of many, uh, COVID outbreaks in the NHL, uh, different story with the, with these other leagues, the NBA and the, um, and the NFL, but we'll, we'll probably get to talking about that a little bit later. Um, anything to add,
1: Lauren? No, yeah, he's, uh, on his, he's on the record. He's on the pace. He's still got to go, um, Ovi still has to get a a, – like he has to average right around 50 goals for the next three years to catch up to – the great one but um but yeah he's on pace to do it i mean he's obviously clean another one it's a it's wild how in um in dc he kind of gets he he doesn't get the it almost feels like he doesn't get the recognition enough a lot of times he gets brushed over cuz he's about how great he is and how he we've actually had like a hall of fame one of the best hockey players ever to to play in the area so and one of the best the best athletes to play in the area like he'll go down he should he should always his name should always be mentioned in top dc sports athletes of all time that's for sure but yeah that's that's about it so we're we're cheering for him and trying to watch as many games as possible this year
0: yeah and I think I think honestly just a quick like you know thank you shout out to OV of course but also shout out to the NHL because they've done a really good job at keeping themselves out of the news for <laughs> exactly. uh, not having COVID problems uh, unlike this other league that I'm about to kick it off to the NBA mm-hmm. uh, the NBA is to the point where I'm pretty sure the the Wizards signed a guy like on an emergency contract, and immediately had to put him on COVID. Okay, um,
2: the Wizards. Oh no, that was the Nets. No, 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 no. It happened to the Wizards twice. Yeah, they that's signed, what it was. They signed two player. One player they signed. Uh, they signed a guard to a ten day contract because of COVID, a hardship contract. Uh, he played in one single game. He actually balled out. It was kind of funny. Like he was really good uh, in the game. He had like seven assists or something. Uh, like coming off the street, and uh, and he immediately had to go into COVID protective protocols. Then they, they signed another guard who played in a single game and then immediately also had to go on and end COVID protocols. Uh, I think his name was Wanamaker was the first one. I don't remember what the second one was, but, uh, but like, like, yeah, it's the NBA has just decided to treat COVID as if it's, it's not real unless they actually get test positive. Um, you know, I guess they're still doing the testing, so I guess they can be sort of commended for that in some way. But like the fact of the matter is, uh, so many games have had to be postponed or canceled in the NBA. It's like dude just just go on hiatus for 2 weeks like the NHL did and come like you just come back come back afterwards it's not that it's not like there's any shame in it uh and what you get as a result is like actual good basketball on uh you know on the floor uh you know nobody wants to watch a Brooklyn Nets game with no with no uh Kevin Durant no James Harden uh you know nobody wants to see that like just shut down for 2 weeks it's not it's not
1: that big a deal Yeah we get they got to uh, they've got to do something they got to do something to control it. They uh, – they, uh, uh, I think the – but I think it's – I honestly think it's been helping the Wizards out a little bit here. We played some teams with some COVID-riddled injuries, and uh, we've had some key players step up lately. But, uh, yeah, no, it's kind of wild. The, the, the NBA is just going to operate like, hey, we've got a G League, so just call your players up. And if they get COVID, just keep calling players up and keep signing people and hope together we can we can patch together another team here. But, I mean, we'll see what happens coming up. I'll put it this way.
2: The Wizards have six point guards on their roster. Jesus. Currently, yeah. none of them have played in a game for at least 3 or 4 games. Wow. Like Raul, right. Raul Neto just came off of uh, the COVID pro- protocol, so he'll he'll be the first guard that we've had like point guard that we've had available to us uh in the past 4 or 5 games and uh literally he's the only one. So no Spencer Dinwiddie uh you know who's who's obviously a huge deal. Um just they're they're just in, they're in COVID protocol. You know it's it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: What's what's even crazier is the fact that the Nets were one of those teams that like were in desperation mode, um, and they had they still had the rights to Kyrie. So they're like, all right, I guess we're gonna bring him back. And mm-hmm. like as soon as they decided to bring him back, he had to go on the list. <laughs> he, he
1: immediately got COVID. <laughs> he <laughs> immediately got COVID. But it took I mean, hours. To his, to his point before AJ was saying before the podcast, I mean, he kind of won in his holdout, right? Like he just said, you need me more than I need you. And then sure enough, they're like, all right, you were right. Like we need you more than, you know, we need you. And so they brought it back and then immediately went on COVID. But they said he's going to make his debut tomorrow night, I think. I think it's what I saw a mm-hmm. headline. I think they said they're going he's yeah. going to make his debut Wednesday night. So that'll be interesting. I mean, to me, the, to me, the
2: the funniest thing about this is that he still can't play in, in Brooklyn. Like he can't right. play at the Barclays Center. So, he's only allowed to play in cities where they don't have a vaccination mandate for, for like the Midwest,
1: like all the Midwest teams. Like, yeah, Oklahoma, you, gotta, you gotta go to San the, Antonio, get to Houston, yeah. Minnesota, and the, Indiana. And yet,
0: the Nets are like, we're
2: gonna roll the dice on this guy,
0: whatever. <laughs> That's how bad it
2: is. It's like everyone just, as, as a society, just collectively gave up. We we're just like, you know what? Mm, it's not that big a deal. We're not, we're not that concerned about COVID Yeah, you know
1: what? We're good. Yeah.
0: At this point, it's it's not that, we're struggling with COVID. It's like COVID is struggling with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just trying to take us out. Um, but sticking to the NBA last night, the Wizards had a game. You guys mentioned how well the Wizards were playing. Um, I, w- I watched some of it through like highlights um, as they were going up live on Twitter because I was I was out. But um, there was one player in particular that you guys were shouting out. Uh, the one guy
2: that <laughs> draws our ire every now and then uh, AJ, you want to you wanna, you wanna give him a shout-out? I mean, look, I, I, don't have, I don't have any ire in my heart for the man. I just think it's funny to roast him about his crazy outfits. Uh, but Kyle <laughs> Kuzma, uh, he had a, he, first of all, he had a banger, a real banger of an outfit uh, last week uh, where he looked like Dexter's Laboratory, uh, like he was Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, except like one that's seven feet tall instead of one that's like a midget. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Uh, but then he came out and balled out uh, twice in the past couple of games. We had a tough game against Chicago last week um that was all that came down to literally came down to the wire uh, a last second shot hit by DeMar DeRozan in the corner like real storybook stuff there's nothing you can do about it it was good defense played and everything uh so shout out to DeRozan for hitting that shot but Kyle Kuzma uh I mean we might have to start calling him clutch Kuzma uh because like in the fourth quarter my man shows up and goes ham and last night was no exception except with the uh with the slight difference that he had poured on his scoring uh, throughout the entire game. Ended the ended the game with 36 points, 14 rebounds, uh, seven assists, I believe, which is uh, you know just it's it's a couple assists shy of a, of a triple double. Uh, and and man, he was a pivotal player in that game. He and he and Beal combined for 71 points uh, out of the roughly 1 120 that the Wizards scored that that uh, in that game. Um, and Kuzma, when, his, when he's in the fourth quarter, hit three straight clutch threes on three, uh, three straight possessions uh, to ensure that the Wizards were able to pull away with this one and uh, not allow the, the Hornets to, to come back. Um, any comment on that before we, because I, I, I do want to address the Wizards uh, like as a whole, because I, I think we're seeing some good signs right now, uh, even though the team is a little bit strapped from COVID. Um, but Lauren, I don't know if you want to comment on the game.
1: Yeah, no, it was uh it was uh, yeah, I comment on the game and Kuz a little bit here um uh, bragging him a little bit more. He uh over the past 6 games, he's led the team in rebounding except for one game. He's also so that hustle is kind of been uh that has been there that we've needed, that sort of paint presence. Also, as well as he's over the, uh, the last two games, he's led the team in scoring. So not only he had a double double, so not only in both those last two games, which we should have won the Chicago game as AJ alluded to, he hit a shot. That's like a 0.1. It's like a, it's like a 0.01% chance going in and he just, he hit it. Um, that's why they get paid the big bucks. But, uh, yeah so uh he's he's played really well he's stepped up I think a big i th- um uh, I alluded to it earlier how COVID has kind of h- maybe helped us a little bit I was sitting there watching the game wondering Kyle Kyle just takes Kyle's just been taking whoever he has on him and just been banding him up in the paint and just been going to work and attacking the basket and I think he goes in. He's either he's he's either going against guys that he knows he can just manhandle, or he's changed his mentality to attack mode. Which either way, I'm happy about it because even if he gets this confidence and gets this sort of like this or gets on this role going where he's dropping 29 points a night, you know, 20 plus points a night, hitting clutch threes. That's what you that's what we need. We need someone like that, and we've turned Brad into more facilitator role. But I'll let uh um will uh, well, we can we can bundle that into the discussion on the direction the team's headed though and the games we've been winning what AJ kind of hinted on here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – well, Eric, do you want to comment or – or? No, no, by all means, keep going. Keep going. I was just going to say, like, I think there's a couple of really good signs that you're seeing from the Wizards right now, um, you know, despite the fact that we're still pretty decimated from COVID. I mean, one thing that's really hurting the team right now is there's no Montrezl Harrell available. Um, and so the only big we have is is Daniel Gafford. Um, a little bit of Anthony Gill, but he's – I, I think he's really more of a power forward than he is more uh, – like a true center, in my opinion. And he got added um, to the COVID
1: list recently.
2: Yeah, exactly. Once again, another one that just got that, that went down. Um, but in any case, uh, I think it's Daniel Gafford's play has been really exciting to watch. He's a block machine. Uh, he's he's great. He's a great rim defender. It's been encouraging to see that in those lineups where, you know, Daniel Gafford's getting a rest. It, you've seen um, a couple of other uh, guys really step up on defense to not not you, you can't really um, Gafford's too tall and big to really like say like, oh, yeah, we, he, they're, he's filling that role or whatever. Um, but you know, Kuz, Kuzma has been playing a lot of really good defense against opposing bigs when, uh, when Gaffer's not on the floor. Um, and, uh, you know, as the guy who's six ten, that's, that's pretty helpful. Um, and, and I think, uh, obviously the blossoming of Denny Abdia as a, as a pretty much like who, as a player who can defend literally anyone, um, is, is anyone on the floor. I mean, I'm talking big stars. I'm talking, you know, just, just whoever he's put in front of, uh, he's able to shut them down, uh, to a pretty large extent. Um. Shout out to the NFL referees. You guys got to stop giving my man ticky tack fouls, um, and uh, uh, and like like it, it's just really frustrating to watch uh, Denny work. Uh, he's doing a really great job, and then you know they they get him for like rest, like having a hand against right. the other guys. He's, like he's straight something.
1: up half the time. After yeah. half the time, he's just getting they're just getting calls. They're calling it against him just because you know like and and you know he's getting called. But yeah,
2: it's super messed up. But that that's been really encouraging to see. Um, KCP continues to struggle. Uh, I think I've made this argument with you guys uh, as well. Uh, but like, uh, I, if I had to say, like, I think Kuzma is probably the best piece that we got of that trade. Even, well, it's it's, it's close. I would put Trez as close second. Um, and then KCP to me is, is the one who's sort of like, I don't know, he's, he's just struggling right now. Um, but another good sign is that after Beal came back off the COVID list, uh, Bradley Beal seems to be back to his old self. Uh, scoring about 30 points over the course of the last seven games. I believe he's had uh, 30 points or more or 25 points or more in each of the last six, uh, six or seven games um, that he's played in. Uh, so he seems to be back to his normal self because he wasn't hitting shots before. And what have I been saying have been the Wizards struggle throughout this uh, this tough December period? Uh, it's been the fact they just can't put the, seem to put the ball in the basket. That doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. And they're back to, they seem to be able to compete, um, and, you know, not, and they're not getting blown out uh, the, quite the same way.
1: Yeah, so I've always alluded that. That's what I was saying. You know, as the season started and we started going dry a little bit, I've always Dusty Baker's famous quote: "It's a game of averages, right? It's a lot of averages. It's going to come around at some point. They're going to start hitting shots at some point. Get into a rhythm at some point." So I said, if you know, after the All Star break, if we're still looking like this, then it's like, okay, something's not right here. But I like that uh, kind of to, uh, to attack onto your point with Beal is that he's become more of a, a, a point guard, right? We've made him become more of a facilitator. You know, the past uh, the the game we beat we beat Cleveland on, which we had t- which we had we lost a bunch of players of COVID. he had 10 assists the chicago game which we should have won had he had 17 assists last night he had uh, eight assists so you know he's taken as he stepped up and become the facilitator before that um before the um when we were on the road uh in uh on the west coast on a road trip uh he had five. you know he led the team and assists that whole trip and things like that, things like that as well like he stepped up the offense has seemed to found its role and is clicking and i don't and then i think it's a mix of the the part the the that we've had to force players into certain roles um, and maybe there were certain roles they either didn't want to go into, or we just didn't. We just said, "Hey, we have a player for that position, so we're not going to put you in that role." Like Bill being a point guard, or Denny leading the floor, or Denny, you know, Denny having assists. Um, the thing I wanted to touch on was the way the rookies are playing. Um, we have a history of drafting rookies that either well, either trading away first round draft picks, so we don't have any rookies, or uh, drafting rookies, and then they they end up like Troy Brown, where it's just like, all right, he's just a dude. Like he can come off the bench and get you three points or like four or five points and an assist and maybe a rebound. And that's it. Like he's going to go ride the bench for the next 10 years. But Denny, the way Denny and Corey Kispert have been playing is phenomenal. In my personal opinion, it's the first time I've ever seen rookies come into a game or Denny's in his second year, but he only got to play maybe half the season last year. So he's really kind of coming full circle now. And, um, but Corey Kispert, I've been very impressed with, um, coming in and stepping in. He's had to feel, um, big shoes with the, with the COVID injuries and, you know, getting in the starting lineup and he's hit shots. Um, You know, the way he looks on the floor, he looks comfortable. He looks like they, he looks like whatever the coaches have been telling him, have been working. So yeah, it looks like we've got kind of headed in the right direction over uh, over the past six games. We're three and three. Um, We've got Houston tomorrow. We should blow them out they're They're a dumpster fire of an organization right now. And they've got, um, suspended players for showing up late and one dude just left in the middle of a game. So the other night, so, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're bad. They're bad, bad. So, you he know, tried, we should beat them, get two in a row. He, he tried to fight his coach. Oh, like, that's he right. Tried the to coach called him out and told him to step up after they'd given up 47 points or they're what? down 47 points. Yeah. Yeah. So he tried to fight the coach in the locker room and then just bounced. And the yeah. other dude just showed up late. <laughs> the other dude just didn't show up on time for the game at all. Like he's rolled in at like halftime and it was like, all right, coach, put me in. And he was like, what, what the bleep are you doing? Get out. So like <laughs> You know, like, oh you know, they God. are just a dumpster fire. I'm looking at there's, uh we, we could get $2 tickets to tomorrow night's game if we really wanted. So awesome uh, here in D.C. So, yeah, those they're just giving away tickets to that game. So we should beat them. And then we have another t- st- uh, tough test with Chicago. And hopefully we get some revenge on them. And hopefully we get some players back uh, off the COVID list. It kind of seems like this weird cycle of the people going to the COVID list and coming back has been like kind of a. I don't want to say a good thing, but it's been it's been interesting because we've like I said we've had to force players in different positions and different roles that that have seen they've seemed to have blossomed in and do and are playing really well and so we'll see what happens when everybody comes back. Obviously, you want everybody back for the depth and things like that, but uh, I think the I think Gafford has really shown how how valuable he is and I think he stepped up a lot knowing that we don't have any bigs except him. He's played a lot of valuable minutes, so I think moving forward we'll be we'll be. Um, We'll, we'll shape up. So we'll see. Davis Breton's as well. Davis was full of four for seven last night. I mean, that was, I said, I, I said, this is what we pay you for, Davis. This is what I need to see just about every other night. I, I was like, don't get me wrong. Shooters can have off nights or things like that. But like, I need consistently, I need you to go four for seven, like, just about every other game. I, needed your, I need your three-point shooting range to be about 40, 40 to 40%. So, you know, he keeps that up. Um, stops getting dunked on as much. Stops fouling people as much. Stops getting, <laughs> stops getting in this sort of trouble. So,
2: one thing, one thing I think I've liked that he's added to his bag this year is uh, he takes more – he pump fakes more and, like, drives to the basket. Uh, and I think that creates shot, shot opportunities for – not just for him, but for his, his teammates around the basket as well. Uh, so that's been kind of encouraging to see but yeah so, finally finally him hitting shots I mean just changes the whole game like it it changes nice. yeah. the whole thing it's crazy and it, <laughs> it, it the three it, point it, is the, it, is the great equalizer in today's nBA
1: so and it's and in it, and it's it's yeah him hitting threes is insane because when he hits them it goes from us being down ten to being down seven we get another defensive stop then we're down then we're down four and then we're in the game you know what I mean or if we're down twelve like we're in a hole he hits a couple threes boom we're down nine and next thing you know it's a game and we're off and running when it before yeah. like when games can tilt and almost get out of hand and another team can go on a run, he can just hit a three and it stops the run, it stops the bleeding. Or we're trading two for threes at that point and we're just crawling our way out of the hole. And it helps the offense because the offense doesn't have to grind. The offense doesn't have to force shots or run. He just goes down and hits a quick three, you know. And then, like AJ said, it pulls everybody out of the perimeter. The fact that he's not a one – he stopped trying to become a one-trick pony where he pump fakes and then drives. Even if he doesn't hit a layup, he passes it or does does something with the ball, gets rid of it, is is, is helping the offense in general.
0: One last part, or not a parting shot, but one more thing that I kind of want to bring up that y'all mentioned when we were off air, just uh, in conversation, was uh, Rui Hachimura. At this point, like, uh, when do you mentioned, I mean, when he comes back, when he's ready to roll, do you even start him? Like, do you do you put him over coups? Or, I mean, what do you, what do you what would you like to see
2: done uh, with Rui when he's ready to come back, AJ? It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him. I think uh, it's right. Like, I, I saw that comment on Twitter that said uh, that basically, like. Kuz playing as well as he's playing basically just means that Roy's not getting a starting job back. And I think that's probably true. Um, but uh, you know, Roy has spent his career playing sort of a three four ish type position. That's basically where Roy is. I, I wonder uh, if, Ke- if uh, KCP continues to struggle as the way he has for the past couple of uh, weeks. I wonder if, uh, if you see sort of lineups with, instead of Kuz, Kuzma and KCP out on the floor at the same time, if you see lineups with Kuzma and Roy out on the floor at the same time as instead um, I think that's a possibility. Now the thing with Roy uh, obviously that's really discouraging is that he was scheduled to make his um return to the floor uh, and actually play in a game I think last week and uh that he was unfortunately put on the covid list right at that time. So um we've got to wait until he tests out of it probably not until next week uh to see him to see him return assuming that he's able to to sort of keep up his cardio while he's um you know while he's out there. I don't know if he's asymptomatic yeah, I don't know if he's asymptomatic or whatever or whatever but um, uh, but yeah, so, so it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with them. I don't really know how they're going to, how they're going to work him in there. Um, but I do know that the Wizards definitely miss his elbow jumpers, uh, his, his sort of pull-up game, uh, from his, from about 20 feet out. Uh, the Wizards definitely miss those, that, those, him hitting those shots. So it'll be exciting to see him back out on the floor. Uh, Lauren, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I saw that comment too. I think I think he I think that guy had a, had a point. It's uh it's gonna be hard. Uh, Kuzma is kind of who we wanted. Roy to turn Roy to turn into a little bit. Um, he can hit the three. Kuzma hits the three, hits the stroke, takes people to the paint. You know, takes people to the hole. Has you can tell his confidence. The other the other thing that Roy has over, uh, I mean, uh, Kuzma has over Roy is that uh, Kuzma's been in the league for two years longer, so he's more confident in who he is. His body's bigger. He's in better shape. He you know he played with LeBron. He won a championship with LeBron. He got kind of that tutoring the mentality. Talked about that the other night. You know, and that's kind of helped and shaped his game. Um Roy Roy coming back is gonna be uh he's he's definitely gonna take a bench roll. I think what him getting at is it, gonna be the depth. The the difference to me is Koo Koos kind of seems like a string bean sometimes at times and kinda of all over the place. So Roy's more locked down and tighter on defense. He's more um uh, the best way to yeah, the best way to explain it, he sticks his arms out. His we gets his wingspan out there. But on, all, I, I think Kuz's overall style of play is better right now. And I think that it's just Roy's really just going to add depth to it. And we'll we'll just see. It's going to take. It's probably going to take even if he comes back on on Wednesday or whenever he gets cleared. I think it'll take until it at least the All Star break. He's going to look weird. I bet out there probably not hit too many shots, not get a lot of minutes until after the all-star break, until he really starts, you know, forming out and rolling into shape. But I think for right now, Kuz is going to be the starter and has solidified himself as that. And Roy's is just going to have to learn from it and grow. You know, um, Kuzma's contract is definitely very friendly, but so is Ruiz. And, you know, who knows? So we'll see. We'll just have to see what that ha- happens here. But for now, Kuz is, to me, personally, to me, Kuz has the job and is going to have the job moving forward. You can't He's got his the 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 difference in the two. The biggest difference. Well, one obviously, Rui's not healthy and I'm uh, not playing. But the other biggest difference is I think it's just Kuzma's confidence. You can just tell he oozes with it. And when Rui gets out there, he's just he's just a little too timid. So and and you know I think that speaks to the more years in the league and just kind of Kuzma's personality. We get at something. Yeah, shout
2: needed. out, shout out to Tommy Shepard, uh, an exceptional thief for stealing uh, Trez. Oh, and- phenomenal. Trez Kuz <laughs> with, for Russ. He, so
1: here here's where tommy got me i think i've said this on this before i'll never forget it was the night the washington football team beat the pittsburgh steelers undefeated season on a tuesday night i think and we were sitting at a bar at buffalo wild wings and we had just watched the game we were going nuts and i had to looked at my phone the whole fourth quarter or something like that i picked it up my espn notification washington wizards send john waltz for to houston for russell westbrook and i was like I literally yelled, What? And AJ was like, dude, Lauren, what's wrong? Like, AJ was like, What's going on? Like, what's what's wrong? Like, you can't just be yelling like that. And I was like, we just traded Jav Wall for, for Russell Westbrook. And I like couldn't believe it. He was like, What? And so it took me a minute. But what I realized is in hindsight, is the when Oklahoma City sent uh, Russ, or when Oklahoma City sent Russ to Houston, they got a bunch of first-round picks for him. So Tommy looked at him and said, I can get a year out of him here. I can get a year out of him here, and then I can trade him for some stuff for some for a roster for a team. I can I can go gut a team somewhere and get either picks or players. And so that's exactly what Tommy did. Tommy knew he wasn't going to stay here for for his career. Tommy knew he wasn't going to be here long term. But what he did know is he said, "Hey, that's an asset, and I can turn tra- turn that into more assets." That's exactly what he did. You know, he's got a, yeah, that's and that's a mark of an amazing GM. You know, he had me dumbfounded. I'm thinking present mind, and he was already thinking. He's already thinking that for this of this team that he built right here, right now. He was thinking that back exactly a year ago, over a year ago, when I was sitting there on that Tuesday night.
0: He oceans eleven that shit.
1: Yeah, he did exactly.
0: Tell them to bring me my money. <laughs> 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 well, I want to transition from uh, from the NBA because I, I know we've, we we uh, we talked a great deal about it. But another another uh, sport, basically that had a had a big weekend uh, was college football. Uh, a couple of things that we want to talk talk about here. First off, college football, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Uh, number one Alabama went ahead and handled business. Uh taken taken down an exciting Cincinnati team who kind of just rose up out of nowhere um leading into the season. Um and then the Georgia Bulldogs handle in the Michigan Wolverines. Uh that was a good matchup. Uh, I know Lauren, you said you watched that game. Any any insight on both games that you want to share with us?
1: Uh, wow. pretty much the SEC teams just manhandled the other teams. Um, Cincinnati's, uh, the, I mean, that's about uh, the Cincinnati's um team couldn't like they 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 fought hard, but they just can't match up against those big boys that they have uh, that the SEC teams have that can line up. Uh, their D line just ate them apart. Their 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 DBs are too big and too strong. Um, you know they they just uh, same thing with Michigan. You know they took all uh. That first-round draft pick, that edge rusher, that DN Hutchison, they took all Hutchison right out of the game. That left tackle was like, nope, going to manhandle you. This isn't Ohio State. This isn't, you know, the Big Ten. This is, like, this is big boy football. Like, we we make the ends out here. So he just – he just, you know, he got completely taken out of the game in general. And so uh, they, then Michigan just, Michigan just had no answers for him. Yeah. I, I kind of knew both those teams were going to win. I was just interested to see, you know, in college football, you see an upset or you see something crazy happen. But yeah, that the, pretty much what it turned into was the, what kind of what we thought. Unless it's a, unless it's a, a Clemson team or an Ohio State team going against these SEC powerhouses of Alabama and Georgia, the other teams which are kind of just going to get washed or blown out. So.
0: Well, I, and leading, leading up from that, I mean, we'll, we'll have Georgia versus Alabama uh, in the uh, NCAA College Football Championship. That'll be airing uh, next Monday, I believe, the 10th um, at 8 p.m. So that'll be an interesting game to watch, another SEC matchup. Uh, a big one because uh, both sides have multiple first-round draft prospects um, that'll be playing. I mean, Georgia has Jordan Davis is, uh, on their D-line. They have N'Kobe Dean. Um, I believe they have a safety whose name is leaving me right now. And then Alabama is just a perennial powerhouse. that's pumping out NFL prospects. Um, they got the left tackle, Evan Neal. Uh, they got Jordan battle. Who's the number two ranked safety coming out of the, out of college. Um, and a couple other, uh, linebackers and, uh, defensive linemen as well that are probably going to get drafted within the first two days. So good matchup for college football, but an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, development that came out of that football uh, weekend of football, basically um, in college, was Kerb Herb Street uh, making some pretty silly comments about uh, college players and whatnot. Lauren, did you want to? Did you want to elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So essentially, he pretty much said that the modern day uh, NFL players are, or not, modern day college football players are soft and uh, they're um, they don't want it and that they're, I think, spoiled. Is that what he used AJ the word like the they, they yeah, that they're spoiled and so that pretty much that uh essentially because they're getting paid now that they don't uh, they opt out of these games and they, they don't treat these games as important so they don't they don't play in them um and he said that we could never do that you know you know bowl games used to mean something to us back in the day and that these young kids are just spoiled
2: yeah I, if you want if you want like uh some direct quotes he said stuff like uh hang on i'll, I'll make sure i quote it directly here isn't that what we do as football players? We compete. I don't know if changing it, expanding it, is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. And then he goes on to continue and he says, uh, he says their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We've got to get into the CFP, and because of that, they don't value the bowl games. When we were when we were coming up, Herb. Oh, this is his colleague, not Herb Street himself. But he said Herb Street and myself to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. Uh, and then he tried to clarify, uh, but like. It's just, like, the audacity of these, like, rich jerks to, like, sit up there and, like, talk crap about all the players, like, trying to protect themselves from, like, the trauma of going through a, a, a uh, you know, a championship football game uh, yeah. while being completely uncompensated. Like, the, the just the audacity to do that, especially when, uh, who's the head, was it Lincoln Riley who just, like, up and left, yeah. like, left yep. his whole oh, team oh, in the oh, middle oh, oh, of the season? They do that all the time. Yeah, like the college, the coaches. If the coaches are doing that, what signal do you think that's sending the players? It means it means you're you're in here by yourself. It's a you're, business. It's every man for himself out here. It's a and business. Exactly. I don't care about I don't care about you. I don't care about your family. I don't care about your grades. All I care about is that product on the field. And I'm gonna take off and get mine. And if the players are seeing that, what do you expect the players to do? Why would they make the sacrifice of of putting themselves at risk when they've got a huge payday right around the corner and all they got to do is just get there? So like, come on, man, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't try see, to throw yeah, the I... players. You're the ones that made this condition for, for to happen. That That's your fault, not ours.
1: Yeah. See, I don't, under, I've never understood how the opt out versus, Playing thing is a debate. College football players should do whatever whatever is personally best for them. They don't owe us anything. Like that's pretty much what it is. And if they and if they play and they get hurt, people shouldn't say, "Oh, he should have played." If he decided he wanted to play because it was important to him, it's no difference than a player opting out because it's important to him. It's completely their choice. So it's completely up to them. So that was a tweet by this guy named Big Cat on on Twitter. But that's essentially. I read that and I was like, there shouldn't even be a debate if these players don't owe us anything. They don't know us anything personally, so like they don't know us anything at all. So like they're they 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 should and their kids at that that's this t- stage of their lives too. So they should be able to do whatever they feel comfortable with, and if they want to opt out, opt out. You know they shouldn't be called soft for it. So I mean I think that's
0: huh. go ahead Eric go ahead Eric. I was just gonna say that's the other side of the argument that like seems to leave most people's mind is like these kids are all twenty what like twenty one to twenty four, like at that age, I was I was definitely. One, in, one, pretty dumb in my decision-making, but two, pretty influenceable. So, like, imagine a 22-year-old kid who's a hell of an athlete, like, whether you're playing football or basketball and you got, like, your parents to think about or, like, you have someone in your ear saying, like, yo, you you, you might make some pretty good money in the NFL, whereas you're not making any money now. Protect yourself. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to do what's in my best interest because my coach just left me for Southern California. I'm going to do the same thing.
2: <laughs> and Herbstreet's just lost with the times in my opinion. Yeah, I mean like, it's the typical like it's a rule for you but not for me. like or that's that's their that's their mentality and, and guys like Kirk Herbstree just kind and of like, you don't think that. Kirk
1: was getting paid when he played at Ohio State? You don't think he was yeah, getting? He had like, some incentives. You don't think he had some incentives when he was playing at Ohio State? You know, he, he, uh, right now you put a lie detector test. I'm sure right now if, if he was on ESPN doing the college game and they were like, "Oh, so you didn't get paid while you're Ohio State," he'd be like, "No, I was a straight up stand up citizen. Whatever." They used to put money in their blockers. They put they would people with boosters would come by and put money in their lockers when when they when they when they were in the, during the games and stuff like that. Like. Or they shake their hand and he'd hand them like a wad of cash. Like, are you kidding me? You're the college quarterback for Ohio State. You didn't get paid under the table <laughs> illegally at this point too, under the table. Now these kids are getting legal deals. That's that's part of the that's part of the system and the part of the way it works now. It's college football free agency now with the NIL. Their kids are gonna opt into the transfer portal, see who can give me the most cash money, mm-hmm. and then I don't I don't blame them. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I said, get your, get your money, young man, get your money. So nothing's guaranteed in this world, but you can, if you can get signed that contract, get that guaranteed money up front, then in a sport, especially that limits the amount that limits your lifespan, it ruins your health can take things away from you and, or nope. kill you, you know, or keep you paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. I mean, sign, sign your deal, get your money if you can and, and, and secure that bag at whatever, at any level.
2: Yeah. In conclusion, Kirk Street can go eat rocks. Yeah. Yeah. He Uh, he can uh, pound,
1: he can pound sand.
0: Exactly. (laughs) He's one fry short of a happy meal. (laughs) Exactly. Oh man. Speaking of these coaches just up and leaving their players in college football, um, the current rumor mill. So as we know, there's a couple openings that are going to, that are, that are currently open in the NFL. We kind of briefly spoke on that subject last week uh, with the new rule change for hiring head coaches and whatnot. One name that, uh, is starting to pick up some steam and circulate around the, the NFL uh, like rumor mill is Jim Harbaugh potentially heading towards Las Vegas uh, to be the Raiders head coach, filling in uh, John Gruden's pretty tepid uh, head coaching seat. And, you know, back in the NFL where he can match up against his brother, John Harbaugh. Uh, Gentlemen, how do you feel about this? How would you feel about this though? Like, you know Jim Harbaugh leaving college football again uh, after leaving San Francisco to go to Michigan, coming back to ho- uh, to coach the Raiders. Uh, AJ, how you, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, you know if I'm Jim, I'm I'm not touching Las Vegas with a 39 and a half foot pole. Uh, I just I like I you've got one of the cushiest like best jobs in college football. Everyone loves you there. You just beat uh you know you just beat. Um, Ohio State like for the first time like you don't why would you want to go to Las Vegas a team that has just been completely decimated by various several various scandals uh and try and, and try and build something with the with the leftover dregs of, of John Harbaugh or of John Gruden's um crazy uh you know management of a football team I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do that if I if I had my and, and plus you know having been in that Michigan system he's got his recruiting system all worked out and everything he's got his pipelines he knows he's got his connects and everything like i i just don't i don't i wouldn't do it myself uh and i don't i don't i don't necessarily know that i don't think it's a it's a question of money for a guy like him either so um yeah especially if i got chased out of the nfl before i definitely wouldn't uh your older uh, brother yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't come back i I don't know what you think lauren
1: yeah, you know, uh, I was thinking uh it was kind of like to me it was, I was sitting here thinking about Urban Meyer in a sense like you're leaving some great you you're, you're kind of like the I kind of said it on here before but you're kind of like a god uh when you're a head football coach at a university right. like Michigan or one of these big big time schools you can do whatever you want. Now I said he's like like um Urban Meyer, but he's not in a, in a way. you know he actually led a football team to and the National uh, 49ers to a Super Bowl, so he knows how to lead those type of men, and he know what he know he knows what he's doing. But and it and it, I you know head coaches get fired every year, so you know I don't see why he couldn't just kick the can down the road another wait another five years in Michigan. You know like AJ said, that's what I was just thinking too. That AJ alluded to it. He's just built his pipeline. He's just got his players. He just beat Ohio State. He's kind of got everything going for him right in Michigan. That's taken him the past I don't know how long he's been there five. Five to ten years in that range, taking him finally to this point to 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 to, to conquer all these things. So I don't know why he'd leave now when he's finally got things going good for him. And uh, and NFL head coaches get fired every other year, so I mean, some spot will open up that he wants at some point, I'm sure, and I'm sure he'll make the leap back into the NFL at some point. But I just don't see it happening this year. It it would be it would be weird if it did. Like like because I think he's got Michigan finally where he wants it. You know, and he finally beat Ohio State. He's the king again. He's on he's he's on top. So uh we'll see. If he, I bet if he has another too bad two or two or three years where they don't beat Ohio State and they, you know, they don't they don't do very well, they don't have a run like they had this year. I could definitely see him kicking the leap. But me the you know the NFL head coaches get fired at the end of every year. So there's always one or two vacancies. So he's just gotta buy his time. So we'll see we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's funny that it's funny that they tagged his name next to to Vegas too cuz like I'm pretty sure the Raiders just had another player get arrested for a DUI um uh, which is just to me if I'm if I'm a potential head coach candidate I'm looking at that culture and just like what they built there the players that they brought in the moves that they've made the last two off season I'm going yeah, no thanks, maybe next time. Um but another interesting head coach name that's kind of circulating uh, around uh because he was actually interviewed Jim Caldwell. I don't know if you guys remember him. He used to be head coach for the Detroit Lions uh, back in the yep, day. Yep,
1: had him a winning season. Got ahead had him at like eight and eight for a long time. Took him yep. to the playoffs. Yeah, I remember uh, Jim. Jim.
0: Jim Caldwell just got interviewed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> hey, if any man could do it, it'll be yeah, him.
1: exactly. He took a dumpster fire in Detroit, made a mediocre. So
0: there you go. And he's got a he's got a young quarterback prospect to work with at least. So there's that. Um, uh, transitioning.
2: Meyer, I miss you so much. <laughs> <Miss him> already. <laughs> I called it. I called it on
1: this podcast. You wouldn't make it to the end of the year. I knew, it. I knew <laughs> he wouldn't we make should, it to the end of the year. Yeah, we should
2: make a good. betting
0: pool where we all just kind of like pick three teams or like you know three football teams that we think Myers might get picked up by, and just see who who takes the pot.
1: he's going to go to college what he's going to do is he's going to go to some like d2 division two school and like be there for a little while and like turn them into like a powerhouse or maybe even not just be there for a little while and then he's then someone's going to get fired at like miami and then he's going to go coach there like or some some top-ranked school and then he'll be fine
0: it'd be funny to see uh deion sanders bring him on as like a coordinator
1: Oh no, I hope Dion
2: doesn't do that. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll be like, pull up my
1: resume. Pull up my resume. Go ahead. Tell me where I lost, Irvin.
2: <laughs> don't speak that into existence. I don't wanna I don't even <laughs> contemplate that.
0: <laughs> oh man. Speaking about not not speaking things into existence, we're we're kind of doing the opposite of that here. But uh February second of this year, twenty twenty two, big news will be revealed. Well, big news to most people, uh, unfortunately, to my two co-hosts here. It's just kind of like beating a dead horse at this point. But your dear Washington football team will finally have a name. Uh, Lauren, how does this Let's make go. you feel, man?
1: Well, I've always I've always kind of been out there saying that uh, everybody's going to hate, aside from like Wolves or Red Wolves, pretty much anything else is going to be horrible. It's going to be a dumpster fire. Um, and so they're probably going to go Commanders, Armada, Um, sergeants, or whatever the other name was, and and it's going to be bad, but at least we'll have a team name at this point, and at least we can move forward. And you know, the um, and it'll fit the name in the area because we have the Washington Capitals, the um. Washington Nationals, we're the Nationals, I don't know what those are, but we won a World Series, so everybody's like, hey, we're the Nats, you know, like we roll with it, Uh, AJ, I'm sure we'll hit hit on this point, but he made a good point, as long as it rolls off the tongue, right, like, you got the Caps for the Capitals, the Nats for the Nationals, the Wiz for the Wizards, you got kind of like a nickname, you kind of something easy to say, but if we're like the Commanders, or the Armada, or the Armageddon, or whatever the other name was, it's gonna be kind of weird, so, I'm just happy there's finally a name ripped. I'm a rip the bandaid off kind of guy. Like just do it, get it, let's get it over with, let's move forward. And if we win it, you know, we, the, the thing that cures everything in the NFL is winning. So all it is they go on and go on, they go on and win 11 games next year. We're going to be and they're called the commanders. We're going to be chanting the commanders up and down the, the, the street, you know, all day long. So, I think that's what I kind of, my two cents of it, just pick a name already. We we knew it was going to be bad. I wish we could have a cool name. Like when Seattle with the NHL team, Seattle Kraken, that's a dope name. I thought that was cool as all get out. Like that's just an awesome name to, to announce, but it is yeah, what it is. You name. know, we'll be the commanders or something like that. But AJ, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like done with all this nonsense, like all the fake pageantry of like, Oh, we're going to have a rollout. And like, Oh, you should vote in this poll or whatever. And then, and then it turns out like, Oh yeah, we, uh, we actually didn't care about the poll at all. So that's not going to help you helpful or like, it's like they keep trying to like get us excited. And every time they're like, yeah, actually your input actually doesn't matter at all. So like screw off. Uh, it's like, I'm, they want us to feel like, like we, they want us
1: to feel like we helped.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like we're they want to feel it. like
1: they helped. It's like, it's like that when you gave your little cousin or brother, the controller and you unplugged it from the system and they were just <laughs> exactly. the buttons. Oh that's exactly what they like to do to us. But the problem is we can all see the controllers unplugged. <laughs> yeah, all see like... the controllers unplugged and We're just like, Stop treating us like we're the, still the little cousins. We're fifteen at this point.
2: Exactly, exactly. So like, so like, I mean, look at you. Look at the list of names that they were choosing from, uh, and they all basically suck, except for Red Wolves, which they, I understand they can't do because of like copyright concerns. Uh, yet another reason why uh, the world of business and capitalism sucks. Um, but like the the rest of the it's it's like we we're alluding to like what is a national? Like what is a capital? Like like why? They keep making these like abstract DC names. DC has the worst sports team names. The Wizards are, I like the Wizards better. At least that's alliterative. Um, but like, but in any case, uh, you know, I, the hype is there's a, uh, if you go to WashingtonAdmirals.com, it redirects you to the football team store. Uh, and then the other name that's getting circulated is Commanders. Uh, <laughs> and those would both suck. And it, look, you've got to follow my rules here on this. It's it's my my aesthetic of team names. It has to either be a good name, an actual straight up good name, or it has to be. It can be something ridiculous like Nationals, but it has to be abbreviated easily. Like I have no trouble yeah. saying, "Let's go to a Nats game," or "I'm watching the Nats game," or whatever, right? But if I have to say I'm watching the Commanders game, that's like that doesn't sound good. Like I have it's to like say the whole word drink. Commanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like let's <laughs> go see the comms game. I gotta watch yeah. the I gotta, watch, gotta watch the Manders
1: the manders the manders Uh, like like, it's just terrible why would we yeah why would why would do it but i'll say the upside of the Nats and the caps is they've won championships
2: yeah well i mean so like
1: that like you know that kind of heals all wounds right like you start wood and everybody's just like cool we'll roll with we'll roll with it so that that's going to be the biggest thing and that's (laughs) a whole different issue in football especially with our rat poison of an organization the one, the one
2: dark horse name that I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for now that we've learned that Red Wolves is out is Red Tails. Uh, that Red Tails works. Uh, I don't particularly. I'm not in love with the military terminology and all that stuff, but at least it's red, yeah. and at least it's something that we can like easily abbreviate without, uh, yeah. without it sounding ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, plus the Tuskegee Airmen were cool, so there's yep. that.
1: Yep. I think I, I think yeah. I agree. Red Tails would be my my vote after all this because that we could still use the word red, right, or tails. I don't know. Oh, Red tails just sounds better, RT. Mm, mm-hmm. It just sounds better than Commanders. The, yeah. Commanders it sounds is
0: ugly. Bad. I mean, at least with the Admirals, you could be like, I don't know, I'm going to Addie's game or something. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, the
2: thing with uh, <laughs> Addies. The, the thing with <laughs> nerds. <mathematics. laughs> the thing with uh, uh, the thing with Commanders is like Washington is already three syllables, so if like you've got to say the whole thing. You're like, it's the Washington Commanders. It's like, I, I, I just took 10 minutes to describe the team name it's, to
1: you. It's, and, then, like, and then write that out. I feel like that's too long if you have to write that out. But I don't know. Is, the Nationals know. and Capitals is kind of long too, but it, it flows better.
2: How are they going to fit you on the Chiron in Madden if you got to spell out the whole Washington <laughs> Commanders?
0: It's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At least they don't spell out Tampa Bay. They make it like TV. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Exactly. exactly.
0: Well, speak in and I don't mean to beat a dead horse in terms of the Washington football team, but you guys quite literally had your stadium almost collapse on the opposing team's starting quarterback. Uh He no, it Jalen did Hertz collapse proceeded. on him. He just he
1: just got yeah. out of the way in time. It well, collapsed. He, he was
0: almost crushed. Yeah, he was almost crushed. <laughs> he proceeded to write a very stern letter uh, to Dan Snyder.
1: Hey, look, he wants him gone too. He's not the only one who wants him gone. He wants him Yo gone Lord. too. He wants him out of there.
0: Oh man, Lauren! Stadium in Virginia—that's the rumor. Oh god,
1: man. no! Don't do it. Don't speak that into existence either. Stop speaking into in existence. Look, Eric.
0: I'm just—I'm just bringing up what you guys have been putting down. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's—it's um, it's ridiculous that 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 almost fell. At them. So this year, let's sum it up. Let's sum up FedEx Field this year for the fans that I get to go to this great stadium and watch this great team play. They've had sewage pipes burst on them not once but twice, and one of them was in a suite. Like. Not just your, uh, you know, like your average fan sitting out in the stands, a suite, like you pay a butt ton of money to sit in these things and get food catered to you burst on top of you. Then the guys who are the probably, in my personal opinion, always the diehard fans sitting in the nosebleeds had a sign, a big old sign, fall on them, fall down on them. And now... Fans reaching to give Jalen Hurts a high five literally collapsed on him. Literally, and I would, I who I feel worse for is the cameraman and the security crew and everybody else who got crushed by it. Because, like, I guarantee you, they didn't get compensated for anything. Um, Some guy said that my lawyer would get called before I stood up off the ground, and I think he's absolutely right. Uh You can't. I'm, if I, he said, excuse me, if I fell out of that stadium, my, my lawyer would be on. I'd have a lawyer on speed dial, and I think he's absolutely right. I, I, I just, I think what Jalen Hurts did is 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 interesting. I, you know, I saw it happen. I didn't think he'd do it, but. Um, it's clear that he wants Dan Snyder out of here too. So maybe Jalen Hurts is secretly like a Washington football team fan all along. I don't know. So, I mean, technically FedEx, I mean, not technically FedEx field is a second home. It's like Philly. What's it? Lincoln financial field number two with all the Philly fans that fill it up every year. So, you know, he probably likes it here. It's probably, it's like his second, second home team, second home game, but it's just ridiculous. What do you think AJ?
2: It's just the stadium. It's it's just embarrassing. And honestly, it's like just typical of Dan Snyder's whole ownership period for him to just like allow the stadium to just deteriorate uh, and, and disintegrate in front of everybody's face. Like just we just have to we get to watch this happen. And, and he's he's over here like thinking, you know, rather than like invest some money into this and like, you know, just make this place a place that people actually want to show up at and aren't ashamed of like embarrassed to be represented by. Uh, I'm just going to get the state of Virginia to like build us a, another stadium uh, around the belt on the other side of the beltway uh, with, with the state of Virginia's money. And the sad part is he's probably not right about making that gamble. Uh, they'll probably pay for him to build a stadium there. Uh, and, and people will have to, well, I won't be traipsing around the beltway to go see a Washington football game. I can tell you that. Um, but like, that's, he's just going to expect people to do that, I guess. Uh, and we don't do it because we have to find the next in our in our society.
1: We'd have to find the next Tom Brady for me to traipse my way down there to to go to a commander's game. Like we'd have to we'd have to start winning like multiple Super Bowls. I mean, it's just
2: it's it's just so frustrating. Especially for like it's like come on, like this guy has this guy has no shame. Like this is supposed to be a really? team that he's supposed to like be proud of and have been a fan of his whole life and like he really loves it and stuff. And like he can't even put a decent stadium to like keep a decent stadium being maintained like our facilities are responsible for like more ACL tears in the, in the uh, in the national football league than like any other stadium in the, in the country uh, because it's made, it's been maintained so poorly last year, Ron Rivera had to get our practice facility refurbished because it, the condition it was in was so poor. It's like, I'm dude, serious. You are a billionaire. Like spend some, st- spend some freaking money and at least have your product look good. Like, and not you're already making a million dollars already. Like it's not like this is losing money for you. Like, And it's not, this is what it means to own a a football team. You own a professional sports team, you're supposed to invest some freaking money into it and make it work. But you're not doing any of that. What good are you? Like, this guy is the worst type of human being in the world. And uh, it's just, this whole incident is just so indicative of that.
1: AJ, he can't invest money into the team because he has to cut down trees behind his house and get fined. You know, how an exorbitant amount of cost for that? But he has to just he has to just cut down trees that the the government was like, hey, you can't cut those down or else we'll find you. And he was like, Nope, gonna do it anyway because I'm a rich asshole and I can. And they did it anyway and then got fined. And so then he has to pay those fines, AJ. Or his uh his yacht, his three hundred million dollar yacht as well, AJ. I think that's why he can't invest in the team and the stadium, literally, literally falling apart uh this whole season there's been there's been literal evidence that this fall has falling been falling apart so you know good stuff here from Dan you know it's uh kind of like what i've heard someone say a long time ago about this team if it's if the um you bring you bring a horse to 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 water and it starts drinking it and it starts dying and you try to you try to get the water make the water clean but you can't kill what's at the top trickling down into the water right so there's poison at the top trickling down and that's exactly what's happening and it's and it's sad sadly it's none of the players faults either right Jonathan Allen didn't ask for this Terry McLaurin didn't ask for this Taylor Heineke didn't ask for this it's just our whole lifetime since we were 10 for as long as I can remember we've seen this horrible product on the field for the most part aside from like the, the Joe Gibbs few Joe Gibbs years that were fun but short of that it's just been awful. Ajahn the Ajahn
2: that, uh, North Turner went ten and six and took us to the playoffs and then he immediately fired can't, him for some reason. Can't, can't have that,
1: AJ. Can't have nope. that. Can't have that.
0: Can't have nice things. Instead, what Dan Snyder will do is he'll build a whole new stadium, up ticket prices, make more money off of you, while also forcing new merch into your face because they just changed the name. So mm-hmm. fuck you, the fan. <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. That's that's yep. his speech to, to the rest of us. That's what it Pretty is. Much. Another big fuck you that was given out this weekend, uh Antonio Brown quit football as my New York Jets were beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a while. Tom Brady reminded us that he's our daddy and uh scored a late touchdown with like seconds left uh to take that dub out of our hands. Uh but it was fun to see Antonio Brown leave the field, nonetheless. I, however, am uh I don't I don't want to just believe the Buccaneers organization and like, oh, AB's just the drama queen, and he's like fucked up in the head like i genuinely think there was more to the story um because there's a lot of he said she said going on right now between arians and ab and like the organization so i'm gonna give ab some of the benefit of the doubt here and say like he probably had good reason to sell like tell them fuck you and like leave but at the same time it made for good uh good click and fun stuff to watch (laughs) aj how did you feel about the situation
2: yeah. I mean, at first I thought it was like another, yet another example of Antonio Brown acting a fool, fumbling the bag. Uh, you know, when we first saw it, it's it looked like he had like literally been released at like halftime. Um, but it, it turns out that uh, a couple of wrinkles to the story. Uh, so the reason why he left the field in the first place, obviously like throwing the tantrum was the thing that got all the attention, right? Cause we all saw that it was on camera. Uh, but the uh, you know, ripping his, Shoulder pads off, throwing them into the stands, throwing his gloves into the stands, taking his shirt off and leaving the field shirtless while pumping the crowd up. Uh, That was that was obviously pretty, pretty flashy and ridiculous. However, uh, it turns out that A.B. had been telling the Buccaneers training staff that, like, I can't play. I'm too hurt to go out back out on the field. The head coaches were like, you need to go play when I tell you to play. And if you don't, you can leave. So he said, all right, then I'm leaving Uh, now. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for AB throw, like throwing the tantrum and leaving the field the way he did. He, pro- he definitely didn't need to do that. Uh, but uh, after the game, Bruce Arians basically said that uh, – or he literally said that Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. Uh, but it turns out there's – we have some – the latest news is that Tom Brady uh, basically said, well, not so fast. Uh, I, I don't He wasn't officially released by the team. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that saga. It's, re- it's really weird. Uh, it's a strange situation um last night uh antonio brown was seen at the brooklyn nets game in um in the barclays center in new york so we if there's one place we know he's not it's down in tampa uh but uh but like it's it's a weird saga it was a it was a very entertaining uh it was very entertaining to watch uh lauren what are your thoughts
1: yeah, no, I'm gonna say is that uh, ankle looked pretty healthy when he was jump- jacking up the crowd there and uh, sprinting off the field. So, uh, <laughs> And also, uh, last night at Stable Center, I noticed there was no boot or no uh, hindrance in his mobility. So, you know, just a little interesting that uh, his ankle was hurt and he couldn't play. And then did Judd decide to do some jumping jacks and warm off the field. No, I thought the whole thing was kind of funny, and when he um, – Uh, Obviously, there's two sides to every story. So I'll put that out there that, you know, it, you know, I'm assuming it was probably a little bit of a communication thing. I wonder how much Bruce, Bruce's uh, temper has kind of, or his patients had worn thin with AB a little bit, you know, fake vaccination card, kind of all that good stuff leading up to this and kind of things like that. And, finally and maybe Bruce was probably stressed out that he was losing to the Jets and kind of pulling his hair out a little bit and so you know AB said I can't go in there when he needed him and he he needed AB and so he just kind of kind of in the heat of the moment kind of was like well then leave but it's true Bruce Arian strikes me as a type of guy like that I've, I've seen watched a lot of documentaries about Bruce but another thing respectable to Bruce is players love him and he does seem like a very good players coach and um does seem like a good guy but no yeah it's it's uh it I you know but there's there, like I said there's two sides to every story so we'll see what happens here with uh A.B. and running off the field and uh, I think he'll get released at some point so
0: I'd be pressed to see them release him um I mean I can see it too because like like you said uh Arians is probably sick of his shit uh but on the flip side you just lost Chris Godwin uh with an ACL tear heading into the playoffs and I don't think they're just gonna ride with yeah like evans alone so it'll be hard they might have to bite that bullet
1: yeah they might i, well, I was gonna say that's what i remember I lost my trail thought there for a second I, what i thought was funny was that security thought he was like a fan at first and like he went up to like the the police and was like hey can i get a ride and they were like uh who are you know like, they they were like kind of like taken back for a second had no idea and then sure enough uh I think a cop gave him a ride to his hotel because I think he posted a he posted a picture with a state trooper I think um in the hotel with his clothes on and on on IG. So I was like, maybe that's the state trooper. He went up and asked for a ride for, and the guy was like, sure, and just and escorted her <laughs> back to the hotel. So you know, I thought that whole sequence was kind of funny. The security guards were like, "What's this fan doing back here?" And then they realized it was a- Antonio Brown because they probably had never seen a player do that in the middle of a game. So I thought that was kind uh, of that was kind of a funny saga.
0: Don't don't forget the OG that set the tone for all this, Levante Davis.
1: Oh, by the way, yeah, Levante Davis just said, you know what? I quit. He said, I'm done. That was pretty hilarious. He's like, not like anymore. No, we ain't doing that. I'm, not, I'm done with this in the middle the king, of the, the
2: king of The king of middle of the game uh, antics, though, is is uh, undoubtedly beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. Oh my uh, God. Sh- shout out to Marshawn Lynch. Got tossed from a game for defending his cousin from one of his own players. <laughs> And then showed up in the stadium afterwards, like, just in the crowd. Oh, yeah. just like, that was hilarious. Just like, he was just in the boss, crowd, just, just boss out. Move.
1: Just eating and then, Skittles, hanging out. <laughs>
2: just eating Skittles, hanging out. <laughs> and then he rode the subway the metro. Home. Mm,
1: that
2: that was, the metro. That home. was the
1: coolest thing I've ever seen. He just seen. stood around everybody. I wasn't sure if it was that day or not that he did that. But, yeah, I remember that. He just stood around and talked to everybody. He just ate Skittles. Yep.
2: Marshall, Marshall was is so that cool. dude, man.
0: Mm-hmm. He's Marshall the man. Is that dude. Gotta
1: protect that chicken.
0: Someone yep. who is not that dude. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, once again back in the tabloids making idiot <laughs> comments. Uh, AJ, I'm kind of hoping you have that the most recent uh, idiotic comment on hand because I don't yeah. remember.
2: Well, he didn't necessarily make make an idiotic comment. He's just doing dumb guy stuff. Like, like, like I don't know how to put this, but like he's. Uh, he, The way I put it on Twitter was he's running the dumb guy gauntlet and just doing a whole bunch of dumb guy stuff and like trying to single-handedly revive the stereotype of a, of a dumb jock.
1: You know, it's, it's,
2: it's impressive because, you know, he's playing quarterback, which is kind of a cerebral position, but by taking all this like crazy stupid COVID stuff uh, you roll that, you mix that in with the fact of him lying to the media and then thinking that we weren't going to figure that out. Uh, You know, Mr. I've been, uh, I've been immunized or whatever. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I've done five hundred pages of research, quote unquote, research, which is probably some crap he just pulled off Wikipedia. Like, and then, and then, like, today it came out on the Pat McAfee show that he's like reading Atlas Shrugged, which is like something you do when you're in 11th grade and you think you're an intellectual. Uh, like, Atlas Shrugged, for those who don't know, is a book by Ayn Rand, who's like this completely like moronic, quote unquote, like, people call her a philosopher, uh, who And and she, her her quote-unquote big contribution to philosophy was uh, this uh, 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 school of thought called objectivist uh, objectivist thought, uh, which basically is just like every human being should be selfish for like all of eternity, uh, and that should be the basis for society. Quote-unquote society. It's really dumb. Uh, If you want to know what uh, what Atlas Shrugged is like or what any any of Ayn Rand's thought is like. Uh, You just play the game Bioshock. It's a big, the whole point of Bioshock is that it's a parody of that, of that school of thought. Uh, It's like what a bunch of libertarians uh, think of, think of and talk about. It's, it's just dumb. Uh, So like, yeah, so he's doing dumb guy stuff like that. He's just running the dumb guy gauntlet, letting you know that, hey, we jocks, we we jocks are not all smart. Not all of us. Football is not a chess match for all of us because all of us don't know how to play chess because there are still dumb guys out here and I am one of them uh So, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for reminding us.
1: Yeah, I thought uh for me it was more like because uh, he was on the Manning and Eli broadcast last night, too. And so, for me, it's just more like he needs to get some good PR. Like, that's what all I thought is just good PR. And then, you know, he drops that in there. So, of course, he goes on the Sweetheart Eli and Peyton broadcast because you can't you can do no wrong on their broadcast. He actually really can't do any wrong on their broadcast. People could be cursing up a storm and, and they just like, yeah, you, actually, you can actually curse on here and flicking off the camera and stuff like that. So it was just to me when he went on, it was just like uh it was just the the PR thing. He did a, he did an OK job. You know, he just he, he was sipping his uh, he likes to have uh, five fingers of scotch. That's what he drinks. So he had a big old scotch glass and he was just sipping, you know, sipping it. And his, I always sit there and ponder what he's drinking because I wonder how much the bottle cost, you know, or where like he probably flew it in from like the islands or something like that to to drink or whatever. But yeah, his little hipster vibe he was giving off. So yeah, to me, I just read that as good PR. That's all he's trying to do is just good PR at this point to try to make him look like a sweetheart again. (laughs) Well, yeah, but because like he's
2: got he's got the Donald Trump disease of like he wants everyone to like him and if people don't like him he it makes him upset but instead of like just allowing dumb guy stuff to blow over he has to keep talking because he that's the only thing he knows how to do is to continue talking like people he knows people will listen so he just get he just like continuously goes on there and says more dumb guy stuff so like i'm sorry it's just it's just who he is it's unfortunately when people show you who they are you got to take them at their word and he's just a dumb guy that's that's all there is to it
0: He's been hanging out with Joe Rogan too much. I think that's what it is. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. But he's probably got ivermectin uh, laced into whatever he's drinking on those shows. Oh yeah, too.
2: he's he's taking horse drugs in his in his scotch. So, that's for sure. There's that. There's that.
0: Uh, a guy who's not a complete asshole and indeed also in the MVP race for the NFL, Joe Burrow, prime tie Joe, freaking lit it up with uh, rookie sensation wideout Jamar Chase. The two of them. Led the charge uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, toppling them this past weekend in a phenomenal game. Um, it I think that game has less to do with the fact that the Chiefs uh, aren't as uh, dominating as they were like two years ago or even a year ago. I think it has more to do with the fact that Joe Burrow is that guy. Uh, so right now, Joe Burrow versus Aaron Rodgers MVP title, who are you taking AJ? I mean, if you if
2: you take the results of the season i think you got to take uh aaron rogers right now anyway uh we'll see how the playoffs pan out but uh you know joe joe's making a strong case especially with that 500 yard performance the other night um and uh i think did you did you publicly make public your uh, frustration with the fact that he wasn't at the all-star game or uh the uh what is it called in the nfl yeah the pro bowl no i
0: have not and i i truly am like don't even bring that up right now. Cause it's really <laughs> infuriating.
2: <laughs> but Yeah. The young man, the young man has turned out to be phenomenal. I mean, he's just, uh, uh, you know, he's made, he makes great throws. He is, uh, he is the anti Baker Mayfield in my opinion. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> Lauren.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm probably leaning Aaron Rodgers too. Um, just because, but that uh, Aaron Rodgers is still doing what he's doing and he's missed a game this year and still putting up crazy numbers. Um, But no, I mean, it's how, like you said, as Joe Burrow being that guy. I I know this for a fact. In the second quarter, they were down 21-7 at one point. I know this for a fact. If my team's down 21-7, the Washington football team, I'm sitting there going, well, on the next week, you know, like we can't do this, you know, led them on a drive, got it to 21-14. Damn then then the Chiefs came back and scored let them do another let them do a field goal halftime came out the their defense stepped up got it to 24-28 in the third and then just went on to go on the lead, the lead game winning drives got it to 28-31 tied it 30 or uh, got tied at 31-31 and then they went kicked the game winning field goal so you know as you said Joe Burrow being that guy he is and then Jamar Chase I mean just an absolute I mean uh, who is the cincinnati's gm at this point cuz they've hit they've they it, to me it seems like their draft picks since since joe's the, did the draft before joe burrow and joe burrow's draft class and the next year have been absolute studs just absolute studs kind of all the way around um that team has made a complete 180 from from what it from the dumpster fire it was or uh kind of or kind of just treading water with Andy Dalton and when he left and kind of you know trying to find a qb after that so i think that the but But anyway, I give it it to Aaron Rodgers right now. That's who I got. Aaron, who who are you leaning towards? Uh,
0: Before I get into that mess, uh, quick fun fact. The Bengals don't actually have a general manager designation or, like, office. Um, Duke Tobin is the director of player personnel. So, basically, um, between him and the head coach, they divvy up responsibilities of, like, who the free agent signings are going to be. The scouting department reports directly to Duke and – I believe it's Zach at the same time. So it, it's a interesting that it's kind of like Jerry Jones, but instead of the owner being the complete dickhead in charge, uh, Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor are responsible human beings who go, we should do this together. Um, so that's what it is. Uh, as, as AJ alluded to, I'm highly upset and irate at the fact that Joe Burrow was uh, snubbed from the pro bowl. We all know it's a popularity contest, but come on, Justin Herbert over Burrow, Get the fuck out my face, bro. Like, Herbert might not even make the playoffs, man. Suck my dick. Joe Burrow's coming off a complete knee, like, reconstruction surgery, has no offensive line, launching it up to to T. Higgins and fucking Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, handing it off to the most underrated running back in the NFL. They have have two wide receivers with 1,000 yards receiving and a running back with, like, 1,000 scrimmage yards for the first time in NFL history. Suck my dick. All of you fans who didn't vote for Joe Burrow, because I did like five times, I'm not going to sit at a computer and vote more than once, but you catch my drift. I'm going with Joe Burrow, MVP, Dark Horse, uh, or Tom Brady, because I can't stand Aaron Rodgers right now, and Tom Brady's like 100 yards away from 5,000, so. Um, but I, I, Joe Burrow's been an absolute tear. He's led his team to from like a wide-open AFC North playoff spot to clinching it, basically. Now fighting for the number one seed. Like... Last season, he tore his ACL. Two seasons ago, the, the Bengals won, like, two or three games. They've made a complete rebuild turnaround. And Joe Burrow's been at the helm. Like, sure, Justin Herbert's exciting. He's a good quarterback, too. Like, don't get me wrong. But Joe fucking Burrow, man. Joe fucking Burrow. That's all I got to say about that. Make that man MVP.
2: Yeah, Tom Brady's a like guy quarterback, but he he knows how to keep his mouth shut. That's the difference <laughs> yeah, between him and him. Yeah, that's true. Any, any fights
1: for his players. He mm, fights for a lot of, yeah. fights for a lot of his players. Uh, so Eric, I'll, sounds like you're a fan of Joe. I'm a huge. I don't know yeah, if you expressed fan. enough emotion. <laughs> I like Joe
0: a lot. I, I've I've been really like, I feel like last year uh, when he tore his ACL, it really it really took away from some of that publicity, you know? Because like Justin Herbert went on a complete tear as soon as Joe went down, and it sucks because Joe was was on pace to have a great rookie season. And now that he's having a great season in general, like sure they had a rough start or whatever, a bit of a slow one, but Mixon's been low key. Jamar's just he's he's run away with offensive rookie of the year, and and it's all it's all because Joe's been orchestrating a hell of an offense um, with Zach Tyler, and it's like he's not getting any of the love. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you're in Ohio, like Cincinnati, Ohio. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but it's it's a shame because he's man, he's he's become probably one of the best. He is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, and he's by far my favorite, other than Zach Wilson, who's a three-time Pep, uh, Diet Pepsi Rookie of the Week, by the way. So,
1: hey, yo. Suck on that,
0: Mac Jones. Suck my dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving forward, uh, playoffs are right around the corner. Week 18, there's a bunch of scenarios in place for the AFC North uh, teams to fight. And get themselves situated from the one seed down to the seventh seed. Uh, we'll start off with the NFC, just because things are a little bit more concrete there. Um, Lauren, do you know who's number one in the NFC? I think Packers. I think. Packers, of course. Go figure.
1: Packers are Packers are the clear and away favorites, or the clear and clear away the number one in the NFC East, and then it goes. I'm pretty sure. I got the Rams um, at second. Is it the Rams second? Uh, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Rams at second, Tampa Bay at third, Cowboys at fourth, Arizona Cardinals are fifth, uh, yeah. San Francisco 49ers are sixth, uh, Eagles are seventh, and New Orleans Saints are eighth. And the only real big swap there is the 40 – I think the 49ers get in. Um, so the Eagles are in no matter what, even though they're ranked below the 49ers. But yeah. uh, it's it's whoever, whoever wins and loses for the 49ers-Saints game, and I'm not sure what happens if they tie. But it looks like if New Orleans Saints, New Orleans win plus San Francisco loss, uh, the Saints get in. And then if San, San Francisco clinches ties. a playoff berth with a San Francisco win or a tie and New Orleans yep. loses or ties. So it's pretty much winning in for both those teams. But I don't know what happens if they both win. It
0: will, and here's the interesting part. So the Rams are are trying to make sure that they hold on to the number two seed. Um, they have the tiebreaker over the Bucs. But that's a huge game, 49ers versus Rams week 18. Um, a sneaky good 49ers team that I didn't even realize had like a, cha- a shot at playoff contention. And then the Rams who Lauren made, um, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, he made the big proclamation that he saw them going all the way. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to start this off with AJ. Who do you who you who are you leaning towards in this matchup in the NFC West 49ers or the Rams?
2: I'm leaning towards the Rams uh, just because I think that uh well maybe it's maybe it's because I want to see matt matthew Stafford going up, going to have an actual playoff run at some point in his career um but I, I I just I genuinely think that they have a more complete football team than um than the 49ers who are uh, who have who all, you know don't don't get me wrong their defensive line is is pretty pretty amazing um debos balling out uh, for the 49ers and who would have thought Jimmy Garoppolo would turn out to be a, a you know, the quarterback for this team um but uh but you know the 49ers are not are not you know they're not a slouch team um but I do think that the but that the Rams will probably pull it out
1: yeah I gotta say I think the I think the Rams are gonna pull it out too but the 49ers are like AJ said with Jimmy G Kyle Shanahan what a great coach I mean every every week they're 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 like the uh they're like the original scrappy team right like they just uh they just show up and they 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 dogfight with no matter who's who's on their team. Like they have a, it's like they have a shot every game, which you know, I think one game they they played with they were riddled with COVID and they like, you know, it was down to the wire. So it's just the way he coached. I think his coaching style and the way he plays is just incredible. But I think uh so the the Rams have already clinched and the 49ers need to get in. So to me, it's just like how close is this game coming to the end, right? So like are the Rams really gonna stick every the stick everybody out there to try and get the try and get the uh trying to get the division title. Let's see, Los Angeles Rams clinch the NFC West with a division title with a win or a tie. So I mean I guess so, yeah. They probably want that division title, right? So they clinch it if they if they beat them. So they'll probably try to play it out and try and try and beat the 49ers as best they can. But then again, you know, the animal's most dangerous when it's cornered, which the 49ers are gonna be. They know they have to win and get in. So I think they're going to come out swinging, but I think the Rams will do enough at the in the end to, to beat them.
0: Look, uh, I gotta agree with you guys. I I honestly think the Rams are going to treat this like a like a tune-up game where you're you know you're, you're you know you're in the playoffs. You got to get right that way. Like mentally going into the playoffs, you're going to fight on every down, and you want guys you know out there on the field like Odell Beckham Jr. just punching guys in the asshole, uh, trying to force a fumble. <laughs> You guys didn't think I was going to let that go yet. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, what did you guys think when you saw that
2: replay, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the – like on a week of a bunch of like crazy crap happening on the field, like with Antonio Brown and everything, like we also get a butt punch. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> like like for the folks at home, like Matthew Stafford was trying to target Odell o- Beckham Jr. on a deep ball. Uh, but He never had a chance. The ball was like way underthrown. Uh, so the, the We're defender like the goes foot up foot. and catches it. And then Odell Beckham jr. Just winds up with an uppercut form and just, and just punches that defender in the, in the ass. Like it was like, like, right like right up the booty hole. Like it was right like, no, in, all of it. It was one of the most genuinely, one of the most baffling things I've ever seen.
1: Uh, right. The pound hole. He had like, the, oh like, Right. the like, Right there technically like uh technically
2: the other guy was on his knees so i guess you could say he was touching him to make sure he was down uh but uh what i mean look it just you know it puts another another meaning to the to the phrase reach out and touch somebody <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no nah. lauren lauren said what was it that you said about punching out a ball. Oh, AJ said ball.
1: before the podcast. AJ said, "Hey, you know, in fantasy him, he might have been trying to punch the ball out." I said, "Well, he's punching at some balls, but I don't know if it was the ball. <laughs> all I'm
0: saying is you you want that kind of effort in the play."
2: Hey,
1: if you I ain't punching punch the other team's players in the buttholes, you ain't trying. That's <laughs> <what I'm
2: saying. laughs> hey, yo, if, If I got punched in the butt, I would wake up and immediately sue him for assault. Like for (laughs) real, bro. If I'm a DB and the receiver punches me in the ass, um, that's a problem. I didn't sign up for that. All right, that's not what I. That's not what we came here for. Odell out here.
0: I'm not here to kink shame nobody, but Odell out here on the field really said, "I'm trying to see some shit."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, man! Oh, that was bizarre.
0: Whoo. Well, that's about the only NFC North, uh, NFC game in Week 18 that really is holding any weight. I mean, um, Washington, you guys are closing out the season with the lowly New York Giants. How do you guys we feel about beat, that game?
1: We should beat them. Um, they're still they are playing. Uh, what's his name? Mole. Oh, wow! I um, knew his name, uh, Jake Fromm, from out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we should Tom, okay. we should beat him. We should beat these Giants. But but we have we do have a pr- pr- uh, we do like to make the Giants look like the, the second coming of like what Green Bay was this year a lot of times. So, but even in that sense, I feel like we beat this team. We get we'll get everybody back off COVID list or whatever. And, We'll, we'll go into it with the we'll go into it and we'll beat them. I don't I don't see us losing to 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 this this terrible Giants team. Our defense this will be like a this will be the stat padding game. That's what I think. We'll get an interception. Our defense will get a couple sacks. Like guys will guys will up their sack totals at this game. You know, uh, get a get a get like Montez Sweat might get two sacks probably. Jonathan oh, Allen uh. probably gonna get another sack or two to add to his resume. Maybe Duran Payne before he leaves. So Tim Settle might I so I just see us I just see us kill on this team. I don't see the uh, i bet the under in this one. I bet probably the under in this one and I don't I just see us beating them. What about you, AJ?
2: Yeah, we're probably gonna win. Uh I'm not sure I care that much, but uh, you know, I guess there's there's pride in, you know, screw the Giants. Especially screw yeah, Joe AJ. Judge.
1: Piece yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The jerk talking about our team fighting on the sideline. Your team fights. Your team been fighting all year each other all year, fighting exactly. preseason. Yeah. All that nonsense. They tried to. You got, they,
2: your team tried to fight your own quarterback, dude. Like, like, come on, Just get out of here. Piece oh, of trash. Man. Joe Judge can uh, can eat a dick. As far as I'm concerned, he can concerned. pound saying too. Yeah, there you go. Del can he go. can go
1: punch him in the pound. <laughs> well, I like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's shift our focus from assholes uh, to the AFC. <laughs> uh, the AFC is currently in a three way tie for, or not tie, but a three way competition for the number one seed. That being the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are number two, and the Cincinnati Bengals, that I just gloated about at number three. Um, Titans are playing the Texans. Kansas City is playing the Broncos. And the Bengals are playing against uh, the Browns. So we'll start off with all three games um, in that order. Buffalo versus the Jets, or, sorry, Titans versus the Texans. Lauren, who you got here?
1: Yeah, the Titans are going to win this game. Um, The Texans, hey, that quarterback they got, uh, that young guy, whose name I'm not going to remember off the top of my head like I should. Dennis Mill. Yeah, he's played well uh you know he's been he's been surprising you know that might be a little that might be a little bit of a they might find them found themselves a diamond in the rough out down there in houston and maybe they can be he can be a, a center block they build around but tennessee's gonna lock this game up they're too dominant um houston's just uh, a dumpster fire right now in wheels um so i think that i think tennessee's just gonna beat them in all phases of the game um i i think dennis uh, Mills will have a good game. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him, but yeah, I've got Tennessee just, just, just beating, beating them and taking this. They'll take this easy. AJ. Yeah. I've
2: got Tennessee winning this game too. Uh, although, uh, you know, this Texans team is scrappy, man. They put up a fight every single game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a pretty, uh, pretty shocking upset here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I I still, I'm still going with Titans. If I'm, if I'm putting money down, I'm going, I'm going with Titans.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to lean with you guys. I think the Titans handle business here. Uh, handle, a, like you said, AJ, a scrappy Texans team. I mean, they handed the Chargers a loss, and that was pretty. That was a pretty big deal. But I think this one of the, it's a divisional game. The Titans know they have to take care of business. Um, they've had check this out. They've had a a record setting 96 unique players on the roster throughout the season because they've been decimated by injuries. Um, they're probably one of, other than the Ravens, they're probably one of the top three most injured teams on, in the NFL, um, and they've gotten this far to the number one seed without King Henry since what week seven, week eight, something like yep. that, yeah. Um, and they could potentially get him back for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, dangerous team, especially if they get the first round, uh, first week by the playoffs. But uh, all three of us definitely going with the Titans on this pick. Uh, number two, we got the Chiefs versus the Broncos um i'm gonna kick things off here and just tell you straight up a bet on the chiefs they're not gonna drop the ball on this mahomes and company is gonna be fuming after that Bengals loss and i think they're gonna handle business uh lauren any any other insight you want to give here
1: yeah, I think uh, you said it. They're going to be fuming one and two. In the in the in the Bengals game, they showed that they're just clicking on all cylinders, and they're not just they're not going to drop the ball against the, this Broncos team um, like they did against uh, the Bengals there, and, and kind of let it, the game slip away from them. I think that they're going to click on all cylinders going into the playoffs, riding hot and stay hot. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek kill go off. I think they, this game's probably over by the fourth quarter, and they uh, and, and and call it call it twelve wins for the Chiefs instead of thirteen, which I needed them to get. AJ, what about you? uh i it's a divisional game isn't it um
2: yeah it
0: is yeah Uh, Yeah.
1: i mean you're going uh, with your divisional crazy divisional game no i mean the chiefs
2: the chiefs are are probably are probably too dominant for the broncos uh, to defeat it's just that i'm wary of you know shoving all my chips in that direction just because uh you know you see a team twice in the same year you, you tend to learn learn them adapt to them a little bit more and Maybe it be, maybe it's a more interesting game than uh, than we perhaps thought it was at first, and I think I think that Bengals game kind of showed that they can be beaten. Um, now, are these Broncos the, the 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 team to do it? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't you know I I, I don't really think that, I don't really think so. I, I'm just flagging it just to let you guys uh, know that's something to think about. But I, I am uh, going to go with the Chiefs as well. That
0: rule of thumb has served you well this season, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, all no- three of us lean in Chiefs with a wary with a wary. Uh, flag on 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 that team, um, and then the last the last matchup that we're going to highlight here at the top of the AFC playoff picture, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the John Kitna led Brown, I mean Baker Mayfield led Browns. You mean Frodo Baggins? <laughs> Frodo Baggins. <laughs> we all know who I'm going to start this off with uh, to give us some clear insight on what they think is going to happen this week.
2: Uh, AJ, go ahead and take it off. Wait, on. wait, wait. Who are who are they? Who are they playing? The Bengals
0: are playing the Browns.
2: Oh God! Okay, yeah. So, all right. You guys have heard me for the past two weeks. Just tell you what an awful dumpster fire Baker Mayfield is. He just went out. I think he went sixteen for forty-five. I, I think I'm right about that. Uh, last last week, uh, guys. You need if if the Browns get down, they the I guess the offensive coordinator just panics and decides we can't run the ball ever again. Even though we have literally the best running back in the league uh, sitting on the sidelines, and so they stop their running game that was pretty much always effective with Nick Chubb, and they say, "All right, Baker, go out and win us the win us the football game," which inevitably results in Baker Mayfield uh, just just completely and utterly failing, like big pissing on his, his face. Yeah, the moments pissing too on big. Leg. Moments too big. He's not really an athlete. Uh, I've been injured too much. My collarbone is held on with duct tape uh and I'm just gonna completely fail to make my throws. Sell the ball ten feet over uh over my receiver's heads. Uh, I just he just doesn't have it, guys. Um bet against the Browns, bet against Baker Mayfield, take the Bengals, be a smart man. <laughs> Lauren.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm with AJ on this. AJ kind of summed it all up. Uh, Baker, <clears throat> who knows, you know, Baker's shown that he's not very good. I, I, the minute he tried to, he's trying to play through his separated left shoulder, whatever he's got going on there. I thought you thought that I immediately knew that was a bad idea and immediately knew he was going to be terrible. I thought it was funny last night. Um, AJ alluded to it with Nick Chubb, Peyton Manning kept going. I think they're going to run the ball here with Nick Chubb. And then Eli would go, um, he's not in the game, Peyton. He's, and Peyton would be like, oh, okay. That was in the first quarter. And then he'd be like, all right, here we need to get Nick Chubb going. And then, you would be like, Peyton, he's not in the game. So finally, Peyton goes, all right. He did this a couple of times. So finally, Peyton goes, all right, can we get an injury report on Nick Chubb? Why aren't they running? Is he healthy? Sure enough, there's nothing wrong with Nick Chubb. They just decided to not run the ball with him for whatever reason. And they just, they, they, they just decided to completely abandon that. So considering the fact that they are now a dumpster fire or just not a dumpster fire, but they're they're not playing well. Cincinnati probably wants this since, you know, knowing Joe Burrow, he's going to go in there and let him hang um, for my number one overall picks against each other. They both carry Baker and Joe, both carry big chips on their shoulders. So I, I'm sure they're going to go want to go in there and show who's the who's really the best uh, number one overall pick. And I bet I bet since he goes in there and blows the doors off him, I was talking to a guy help uh, or a guy give tips on for betting and he was telling we were talking back and forth about this game a little bit because i was nervous about pittsburgh just because because of how bad they've been and up and down and he said look all 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 uh all um cleveland's gonna do is run the ball he's like baker can't throw and then i sat there and thought about i was like you're right you know what you probably should go pittsburgh this probably probably go pittsburgh this game and sure enough he did and and, and it's exactly what happened baker just just was atrocious so uh but yeah i'm leaning cincinnati what about you
2: yeah, I, I just have one small interjection I'd like to make and that is that Baker Mayfield doesn't carry any chips on his shoulder because it's hanging off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna keep it real short and simple here.
0: I love Joe Burr. I love the Bengals right now. I think they're a great team. they're hitting they're hitting on all cylinders at the moment and uh, yeah when you're when you're when your shoulder is held on by duct tape as AJ so eloquently put it, uh, I'm not gonna bet on you my guy. so that's not happening. Um, number four and five seeds in the AFC are the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots, uh, respectively. Uh, the Bills end the season against my Jets. Look, we hung in there with the Bucks. Uh, I don't think we're going to hang in there with the Bills because the Bills are going to come in and just absolutely handle business. Um, but Zach Wilson looks great, so I won't be mad about it. Uh, um, New England is finishing the season uh, against the Dolphins, who had some fight, lost all their fight.
2: Um, AJ what you think? Pats versus Dolphins. Yeah, this moment's proceeding. too big. Uh now this is this is this is a uh this is a division game, so I think uh you know, depending on how the Pats show up, uh you might you could see you could potentially see an upset. I, you know, we've seen the the Dolphins occasionally rally up to beat uh Tom Brady led Patriots. There's no reason why the Mac Jones led Patriots can't lose a game to them too. Um so I think Fuck you're going to see <laughs> I think you're going to see uh tell us how you really feel. Uh I think you're going to see a, a closer game than you might expect, uh, but I, I think the Pats are probably the
1: better football team here. Um, so I would give it to them. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, no, I'm leaning towards the Patriots as well. I think they just come in and uh, – I think they come in and the fairytale ride is over with uh, Miami. Um uh they and I think also they beat the Patriots in week one and I think Bill Belichick has that circled and remembers that and is going to kind of use that as motivation for this game um they beat them and they beat them because their running back fumbled the ball like on their goal line and that essentially they would have won the game if that didn't happen so I think I think that they have they'll have the, the they'll have their number and uh, Bill Belichick as Eric said is always in his bag for divisional games and so I think he'll go in there and I think they'll they'll beat him. But I I, I kinda of agree with AJ. I think Miami's gonna show some because they could they, they have a shot of getting in, I think, if they win. Um and some things end up there going their way. So um or no way, do they eliminated? Let me talking talking on my butt here. But uh uh yeah, it looks like they I think they're eliminated. But yes, yeah, so never mind. But I think I think I think they'll um no, they're gonna go in here and handle business. You what about you? Uh oh, I yeah you,
0: said, yeah, yeah, you already but, said I mean I like that. You know, I've already told you guys how I feel about Mac Jones. I think he's overrated, but um, I, Belichick's always going to do his thing. Uh, and I think he's going to – you brought up a good point. They lost to the Dolphins, so I think they might come out and uh, have some, some anger to let out, and uh, hopefully they give a thrashing to the, to the Dolphins. Uh, but before I move forward to the next game that we want to talk about, Tua's, it could be Tua's potential last game as a Dolphins. Are you buying or selling this, uh, AJ?
2: Um – I don't know. That's, that's that's a tough question. I could see it going either way because I could see them trying to make it, kind of making a decision like, you know, we've gotten a couple years out of this kid. He hasn't looked great, but he hasn't looked terrible. We, you know, we had a seven-game win streak. Uh, It's so – it's it's hard. It's hard to say. I think probably Uh, – I'm selling. I think, I think he stays. Oh, right on.
0: Lauren, buying or selling
1: to his last season in in Miami. I think I'm going to sell. Um, he's still on a rookie deal here. He's still too cheap to pass up. I think they keep him. Um, I don't know that that being said, I don't know if they draft another guy or they try to bring another guy in or they um uh, trade him. Uh I but I think that uh they'll they'll keep him on the roster for at least another year, especially with the turnaround they had in the second half of the season. Um it wasn't really his fault that they weren't um uh, uh, losing those games but at the same time he wasn't really hurting them either. So I think they they're gonna like what they see and like what they that the, what they had in him and um I think they're gonna try to keep him and who knows maybe he improves, maybe he gets better. You know we'll see.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go off off the rails here and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this. Like mostly because ever since he was drafted as a rookie um and they put him in the games it's it's been like a story that surrounded him and it's been like a like a gray cloud over him since he's been Miami starter, and I think, I think there might be some weight to these rumors. Um, he might be part of a package for someone like Watson, um, or I don't if like he's a the Russell only Wilson. team.
1: Watson's the only the only team he waived his no trade closet to Miami. So,
0: and I, I think they have the pieces in place other than the quarterback to be competitive. Um, draft like a solid offensive lineman to help that out. Might lure him. It might lure Watson to say, you know what, fuck it, I need a fresh start anyway. So. I'm buying that, um, but yeah, just just a quick tidbit I wanted to touch on. Um, sixth seed in the AFC is the Indianapolis Colts, who <laughs> you guys brought this to my attention. So if they if they lose to the Jaguars, that is that how that goes? I don't...
2: Yeah, so there's a crazy potential uh, scenario that we would all love to see. Uh, so tomorrow uh, or this week, make sure you root for the uh, for the Jaguars to beat the Colts. Because if the Jaguars beat the Colts, we could. uh, It affects the seating in such a way that both the uh, both the um, uh, uh, Chargers and Raiders, the the Oakland Raiders and the, or sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders and the, uh, not the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers can get into the playoffs guaranteed if they tie. So what you could potentially see is both teams uh, doing a nice little handshake, and and the games take place at at certain times such that. Uh, the Colts and Jaguars game takes place on East Coast time. And so the later games uh, will be the, the West Coast games will be played later. So the Chargers and the Raiders are going to be able to see the results. And so what you could see, uh, potentially what we could see is uh, something that no one's ever seen before in sports where both teams just kind of shake each other's hand and decide to kneel the ball down 15 times a quarter.
1: A gentleman's agreement. A gentleman's <laughs> exactly,
2: agreement. Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, so, that, so that they can tie and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and and both get into the playoffs. That would be really hilarious. It would be fun. Uh, it would be great. I would appreciate it if they did that. Um, it, it so would... they
1: – so go ahead. So the NFL flexed the Chargers-Raiders game to the Sunday night game. That's how they know. It's a Sunday night 8 o'clock game tomorrow, the, on Sunday. So it would be really, really, really funny if they both decided to do this gentleman's agreement and go out and just tie and get in. Because NFL is like –
2: That would be um, amazing.
1: And uh, and this and just the game's over in like twenty minutes. Could you imagine the game being over in like twenty minutes? Like, or I guess halftime's like twelve, so the game be over in like thirty-two minutes. You know, they just kneel. They just kneel the clock out. But you know, there's gonna be one guy that like, there's gonna be one guy that's like, this is my time to shine. He's gonna get the ball, and, like, take off up the field, you know, and Freaking be like practice right hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would so, be hilarious. I would
2: love that. Interesting yeah, no, matchup to watch. That
1: no, would. I would, would it's funny. gonna be interesting because I think it's winning in for both of them, isn't it? At that point. I think so,
2: yeah. Yep. I, look, yep. I just. Well, I just, the Steelers uh, are in play still. Oh, yeah, What's yeah. True, true facts. I, I just. I, I'm rooting for the funniest possible outcome, so I'd love to see that. Gotcha. That's, all, that's that. all I want to see. I want to see them uh, have a 0 0 tie after 15 kneel, straight kneel, uh, minutes of kneel downs per quarter uh, and then go into the locker room. So the, the booze and consternation of the fans in front of them uh, <laughs> who will be going because they didn't see a football game. But uh, we'll probably be happy because both the teams are getting to the playoffs. So who knows how that goes?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And and both teams going healthy. Imagine that. Both you mm-hmm. don't get any injuries. because well, like, mm-hmm. imagine, God forbid, knock on wood. You know, this, one of the starting quarterbacks was out there and tears, tears their ACLs, and it's like, see, coach, if we had just kneeled down each time, you know, we could be, we'd be, we'd be home free right now. we be <laughs> on the plane. We wouldn't be sore. We'd be ready to go. But no, it'd be interesting. Well,
0: this only happens if the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are no longer led by the late great Urban Myers, find a way <laughs> to beat the Indianapolis Colts.
2: <laughs> Urban Meyer, a man of 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 extreme integrity, so yep, integrity. and <laughs> prestige, so, so prestigious, much so much
1: control, just control over his emotions and you know his his, his team. You know, just a the man, man that walks with his head a man, held high a man everywhere of the he people. goes. A, man of, people?
2: People? a man, yeah, of yeah, man of the people, A man of the people, a man of the. <laughs> Talk about Washington Commanders. If you want to talk about Commander, there's a Commander for
1: you. <laughs> Urban Meyer. We should. I just. Our new name should be like to the Commanders, and just their pictures. Urban Meyer. It's kind of like, These like, are where the Chief was. It's just Urban Meyer's face. You know. You like can hire type.
0: him as your mascot. You don't even you need to, to buy a whole suit. Just get to show up the
1: games and dance around and throw T-shirts at people.
0: <laughs> oh man. Our uh, new
1: theme song is "I'm the head ball coach." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick you when I fuck I want. <laughs>
1: He goes around kicking people. <laughs>
0: the current the current seventh seed in the AFC, uh to reel it back in, uh the current seventh seed in the AFC are the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, as uh as you guys pointed out, their their matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders was just flexed. Uh, because quite literally the winner of that game takes the seventh seed. Um unless unless uh unless they tie and then the Steelers beat the Ravens, in which case the Steelers get in. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh but Ra- or Raiders versus Chargers who you guys got Lauren
1: Yeah I'm going towards Chargers uh I think the I think the Chargers get will get the win here uh I think that the um I just like the team I like the uh I like who they have. Um, here, jo- Justin Herbert. Man, I couldn't get his name right. Justin Herbert. I think they're gonna run the ball effectively. I think Justin Herbert's gonna do enough. Austin Eckler, uh two header monster, Keenan Allen. I'll have always like Keenan Allen on the outside. I think that I think they'll just come in. The Chargers will just come in and, and and put their foot down and take this game. I think it'll be close though. I don't think it'll be it'll be over. Um uh it'll be it'll be it'll be like a blowout one way or the other. But I think it'll be a close game and a good fight. But I, I'm leaning towards the Chargers in this one. What about you, AJ?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm also uh, going with the Chargers on on this one. Um, I think they have the more complete team, um, and like I've been saying all year, the only question is which Chargers team is going to show up. You know, because in some of these losses, they've really like sort of just looked really, really bad. Um, guys, if it's not, uh, you know, Justin Herbert pretty pretty consistently uh, throws the ball perfectly every every week, uh, and you know, if it's uh, and, and you know when when he does that, a lot of times his guys are just dropping. Um, dropping footballs all over the place. Um, and then, uh, you know, if, if, if they're not dropping footballs all over the place, there was last week where Justin Herbert looked pretty human instead of perfect every time. Um, so, you know, you wonder uh, if, it, it, you know, how much that harms their ability to make a late playoff run. Um, but I like their team uh, over this, over this uh, Las Vegas Raiders team.
0: Yeah, I think, I think personally, um Speaking on you know the Raiders and their organization, who's more of a complete team? Ages hit hit it kind of on the head. The raid the Chargers have a more solid uh, unit that they can trot out on the field from the head coaching to the defense to the offense. Um, They seem to be more solid and stable. Uh, The Raiders consistently like you got players hurt, you got players with off field issues, you got um you got a, a a head coach vacancy now that um that you know, was a talk the town for a while. So I think, I think this is a situation where the charges are just going to come in and, um, you know, do what they got to do to get in. And, um, yeah, you know, charges are going to take it, but meaning, uh, with that, with that, I think the only other game that that's worth mentioning, um, and Lauren brought this, just brought this to my attention, Steelers with Ravens, um, cause they could still squeak in, yeah. Uh, I know the I know the Steelers handled the Browns, but the Browns seem kind of like the bottom dwellers of the AFC North. Um, yeah. So I, I gotta go. I gotta go with the Ravens on this one, especially if they get Lamar back. Uh, Lauren, who who you got?
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If Lamar's healthy, I think they they can they'll do it. Um, they they can uh they they'll get a win here. But even Tyler Huntley might be able to be be too much for them. But the but this Pittsburgh team is a lot different with J, with the. TJ Watt back there, um, lining up, uh, and he makes the defense a lot better, uh, just all the way around. Um, man, I, you know, I want to say I want to lean towards Baltimore uh, just because Pittsburgh won, and they've been so up and down. Usually, they win, lose, win, lose. You know, um, man, it's kind of it's kind of hard for me. Um, see, see, see uh, the reports I heard coming out of camp were that Lamar was hobbling around like he was limping. And so I'm trying to, uh, you know, so if he's not even 100%, you know, and I was running away from TJ Watt the whole time coming for him to rip his head off. Cause, you know, is going to come and he's going to keep trying to add on to that sack total. I'll go with the surprise upset here. I'll go with the, the, the dope, don't, don't bet against Mike Tomlin rule and I'll go Steelers. They burn me every time I've done it. So, you know, everybody should go Ravens. But I bet I, I th- I'm going to go with the surprise upset here, especially if Lamar's not 100% healthy. Um, I think that, um, the 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 Ravens are finally breaking down just full of injuries and things like that and I think that uh somehow the 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 Steelers pull out an ugly one and get to Lamar if because if he can't hit, I think his number one asset is his speed right so if he can his quickness and his ankle's not 100 percent, is he going to be at a, that elite level um or you know so it, it'll just be it'll be interesting what about you AJ what do you think
2: I'm going with the Ravens on this one um I, not not that I don't You know, obviously, I'm the one that came up with the don't bet against Mike Tomlin rule. Uh, Shout out to him also for uh, his 15th consecutive NFL record, 15th consecutive non-losing season. Uh, As a Washington football team fan, uh, having witnessed the past 30 years, uh, that is astounding. Uh, Well done, sir. Uh, And he's been doing it with teams that are barely held together. Uh, You know, Big Ben back there is uh, 975 years old, uh, has the mobility of a sturdy birch, uh, a nice... uh, (laughs) A nice uh, ancient oak tree, uh, just just back there, just swaying in the wind. Uh, but he can't move his feet, so he's just out here tripping all of himself. Uh, but uh, you know, at at, at, the, at the at the ripe age of a thousand and two, um, like the fact that he's able to, to pull this off season after season is is remarkable. Tomlin, I mean, um, yeah. But I just I just uh, and I know TJ Watt's a huge problem. Obviously, he's that's the man. Uh, but uh, I think even with Tyler Huntley back there, I think the Ravens have enough uh, offensive firepower to, to get past uh, a a Pittsburgh team that is relatively anemic, um, especially on offense. There you go. Well, that, that wraps up the uh, potential playoff
0: in, uh, impacting matchups that we were going to talk about, but as always, we have Lauren here. Uh, we didn't do it last week because uh, we were not prepared, but morning with his magic minute.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? So the, the games games we haven't covered left yet are Dallas uh versus the Philadelphia Eagles. That's it's gonna be a Saturday night game at eight fifteen. The favorite is Dallas minus seven. Money lines minus three twenty. Over under is forty uh forty two point five. I would go we were all taking Dallas on this one. Uh Saints versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh New Orleans Saints are the favorite minus four and a half. Uh minus two twenty is the money line. Over under is forty. We're all we're all picking the Saints. Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals it's a, a 425 game on Sunday looks like the Arizona Cardinals are, are favored at minus six and a half money lines minus 300 over unders 48 we're all leaning towards the Arizona Cardinals. Tampa Bay versus uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers Tampa Bay's minus eight favor, uh, minus eight uh, of the spread money lines minus 380 over unders 41 and a half we all pick Carol just kidding. we all with Tampa Bay on this one. we can kick the crap out of them and that sums up all the games for this week. Uh, that was Lauren's fastest minute. Over to you, Eric. Thank you, sir. As always,
2: he does that in one breath,
0: ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> doesn't even smooth. he doesn't
1: even take? We've got oxygen on right
2: now. That's you right. Can't see it straight through the nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we thank
0: you all for pay uh, for you know hopping in with us, ha- hanging out, and having a good old time as we get ready for the playoffs. We hope to see y'all next year, or not next year, next week. It's already a new year. Happy New it Year! It is next year. Happy New <laughs> <Year's> <laughs> is next Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> our listeners we love you we appreciate you and as always go deep go deep